Welcome to Become She, where we are guaranteed to piss you off with yourself, make you think, and help you grow. My God, from Zion. <laughs> and let's remember that Become She is a movement capturing the transcendental journey of the strong woman to the free woman, granting herself permission to actualize her highest self. Amen. Clink, 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 clink. Give yourself that permission. We have Coronas. Mm. And we have, we have guests, we have guests, yikes, (laughs) who are our guests, who are they? The men in our lives, (laughs) we know all too well. My God, my God. So we have some special guests today. Um, If you've been following us on social media, which I know you have, because I know you have. We're at Become She. Um... We are having an episode to celebrate and honor fathers on Father's Day. Yes. And what long better overdue. way? Mm. Long overdue. Why, why it took us so long? Is that another episode? <laughs> but um, <laughs> we um, have our men, my fiance, Nicolia's husband, joining us. Yay, together. To, to, oh my God. To talk about their strong black men united co-parenting and fathering, which is probably I don't know if this is the first time they've had a talk together about it, but it, it should is. be interesting. We've been trying to push them on dates for the longest mandates. It's you never went. It's hard for them. They, they just this is their first don't. mandate. This is their first oh mandate. Oh my god! On, on air. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, we're just we're gonna ask them questions that they do not know of yet, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we're just gonna have a conversation, um, open, candid, honest, raw, inquiring, inquiring minds want to know because so often we see, you know, the Mother's Day cards galore, and even on Father's Day we see Father's Day cards that are addressed to mothers, mm-hmm. and it's an interesting thing in the mahogany section of. <laughs> CBS and Walgreens, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we want to see what they have to say on um, this episode, She Honors the Father. So we're honoring them. All right, so let's let's get to it. Let's get to it. Okay, so uh, uh, we're getting to it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. Are you guys excited? Um. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm excited, but I don't know what's about to be asked of me, so I'm still a little on edge about that. But I'm honored to be here. Thank you for uh, having me as a guest, Dominic slash producer slash um, yeah friend slash everything else. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, and my yeah. main man Cal coming through. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Oh, Cal is nervous. Cal is so nervous. It's my first time on the show. First time doing anything like this. But, you know, at the same time, it just feels great to be able to share my experiences with others out there that's, you know, going through the same thing. So, And just for the simple fact that they are saying, honor the fathers. How many times do we hear that with black women to say, I'm honoring the fathers. You don't Ooh, hear it too right. often. Damn. I haven't heard it that often, but I'm I'm honored that this episode right. is speaking to that. All exactly. Right. Usually you are here, you know, the kids saying happy Father's Day to the mothers and it's like this whole double role thing that, you know, goes on real big in a black community and 
You know, it's just not right. I only want to talk about them Hallmark cards. Right. <laughs> Happy That's Father's just, Day, right. Mom. You right. so like, oh, okay. You like so? So what, what was Daddy? What was he? Right. What was he a Rolling Stone? What was going on? Right, and it's so easy for you know good dads like ourselves to get thrown under the bus because you know, of course, when we reach that point to where we don't have like anything to do with the mother of the child no more besides like for the kid of course there's always that backlash whether you're a good dad or a bad dad you just catch and you know it's crazy because it's, it's kind of subjective because i can only imagine what some women tell their friends about their child's father when they're not together so when you Yikes. come around it's like Yikes. that's him right <laughs> but when you're around your friends and family and they know the hard work that you're putting in and, mm-hmm. and they know the fact that you want to be with your child every day, every second, every moment, they don't see that perspective that's right. probably being said about you. And, and you know, it's not right to assume, but chances are it's not looking good on the other side. <laughs> so how long have you guys been fathers? Um, I've been a dad since 2004. I was 20 years old when my daughter was born. Um, I didn't have a clue what being a dad was. I mean, I was raised by my dad. I love my dad. Great man. But I didn't have a clue about what being a dad was. I was 20 years old. Yeah, me, myself, I've been a dad since April 26 of 2015. You know, I got a beautiful little girl that just made three. And Mm -hmm. it's definitely been a long road, even for it to been such a short amount of time, you know, with her being in this world. And, you know, I was raised by my dad as well up until 13 years when he decided to go off the deep end. And I was one of those two at one point that did refer to my mother as my father as well. But I do, you know, have some type of good influence from my dad up until he decided to go off the deep end. And, you know, just being a father myself, you know, I've learned more so from his mistakes that's helping me to be the better, you know, a better father than he ever was. Okay. Yeah, and it's crazy because, you know, being a dad in, in, at 20, like, I was looking to my dad like, man, you know, I, you was my age when you had my oldest brother. Like, so I'm looking for advice. I'm looking for feedback on parenting styles. I'm looking for all of that. And my dad was just like, you know, you're a good man. Just keep sticking around and keep being there for your child and, you know, stick it out. But I, 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 to be honest with you, I wish I had the type of knowledge and tactics to deal with um, my child's mother when it wasn't working out, when it wasn't on a, um, a good, you know, a good playing field. It was kind of once things started going sour, it was like nobody was there to help. I didn't know who to turn to or who to talk to. It was just kind of like, man, like, is this how it really is being a young dad? So I'm going to segue from that that perspective um thank you for saying that because what is the first word that comes to mind when you hear the word fatherhood the first word that comes to mind when i hear fatherhood is accountability um i think about someone who's going to be there taking account lead lead by example and someone who's not going to point fingers but someone who's going to take action into making sure that his legacy and his lineage is moving forward without a doubt, with no excuses, and just taking care of business. Mm. I could definitely bro? agree with that. 
because it's, you know, when I think of fatherhood, I think of, you know, like Dominic said, accountability. And I just think that it's a great sense of responsibility that comes with that. Mm-hmm. Like no other, like it's no like, you know, trial and error. Or, I'm going to try this. Or I'm going to try that. It's like it's very little room for error when it comes to fatherhood. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very little room for error. But do you believe that parents make mistakes? Oh, yeah. Parents do make mm-hmm. mistakes, but, you know, too many costly mistakes, especially mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. us being fathers and being in the situations we in, you know, that could definitely go against us. Yeah, because it's like mm-hmm. I feel like on a personal level that society, um, they it's little to no tolerance for black male mistakes. Mm-hmm. So it's like when we make yeah. a mistake. It's like we get hung on a cross, we get put on a noose, everything. It's like, and, and then we have no space to talk about those mistakes. Right? So that that can be challenging as well. Like me sitting here talking to Kyle right now and just hearing him just speaking very briefly is already being therapeutic for me. And, you know, we don't have that. Like you said, it's one mistake, two mistakes, okay. After that... You can forget it. You know, we're getting hung, especially when it comes to, you know, our kids' mothers. They're looking for any little mistake to pretty much hinder our relationship with our kids as well. Speaking of that, so we talked about what do you think about what comes to mind when you hear the word fatherhood. What about the term baby mama? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, I I don't like it. I never liked (laughs) that term. And I've always said child's mother. Hmm. Every time, I mean, I mean, to your point, it is depressing, and it's to me, I think it's demeaning. Um, I always use child's mother because, as much as I respected, you know, her mother, I had to have that respect for her mother. Speaking of my oldest daughter, um, because if I disrespected and dishonored her mother, despite anything that was going on, I was disrespecting and dishonoring her because she's a part of her. So I always wanted to make sure that I used the right terminology when addressing, you know, my child's mother because I didn't want that energy to permeate in, in my heart, in my mind, mm-hmm. in my spirit. So no matter what, I always use child's mother and not baby mama because you know the negative, the yeah. negative stereotypes that come along with that. Now, were you always like that? Did you always? Like, I always said child's stance, mother. Yeah. yeah, I always said child's mother. You guess my wife. I've <laughs> always said child's mother. I've never said baby mama. What about you, Kyle? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, I will Kyle. say, baby mama is something that comes out of my mouth like word vomit. Especially the stuff that I go through with mine. I mean, to say baby mama is like actually a blessing compared to some of the other things that came out. But, that's you know, Thank you. you know, but I hope one day, you know, as our little girl gets bigger and grows older and get to understand things that we can both, you know, mm-hmm. come together cordially and develop that respect for each other. But as of now, it's and you it's know what? It, and I, I got to I got to break this because I'm, I'm glad you said that, because if you was like me, I, I always thought the best of my child's mother in the sense that that's what I wanted. I always wanted a cordial relationship, and I always felt that we could get there. As of right now, we're not there. And it's not to say that we'll never, we never will get there, but that was a part of the reason why when I was going through a lot of struggle and strife with her, I would never like be on the opposition of her because I always felt that maybe one day 
that she can see the light, I can see the light, and we could have a cordial, mm-hmm. healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, for a lot of guys and a lot of women, it never gets there, and that's sad. How old is your daughter, Dominic? 13. Mm. 13 Man. years old. And your daughter? Yes. My daughter is three. I knew you said that. Three, three, three. Very stark spectrums, but I like the fact <laughs> that their their experiences are pretty recent and kind of pretty... You know, dated because it gives us a nice little comprehensive view of their experience of being a father. So our our next question is, tell us your experience of being a father. And do you think you were ready to be a father when you became one? Kyle, please. Oh, no, I definitely wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. But at the same time, looking back at how my father did things, especially when he, you know, did right. Mm -hmm. I just knew... I couldn't go wrong with just being there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because that's one of the things that's usually associated with us as black men is that we abandon our responsibility. So I figured if anything, mm-hmm. I can at least be there and everything else, you know, will come together. So yeah. being yeah. a father, even though I wasn't ready for it, again, like I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. that accountability and that responsibility that comes with it, I just knew that wasn't something that you know, will rest in my conscience if I was to like, you know, yeah. just run away from it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, well, I wasn't ready to be a dad. Mm. Uh, I didn't go into relations with my child's mother looking to be a father or planning mm. to have a child. Mm-hmm. Um, we did what normal teenagers do, you know, we doing our thing. She shows up pregnant. And at this point we're pregnant. <laughs> right. So And I'm, how long? How long? Did you find out from the dating process till, you know? Uh, <laughs> you know, no, you know. I mean, you didn't, you didn't have to cut me off, but no, I'm just playing. Um, this is a, this is the become she show, so I gotta answer the question. Um, we've, uh, I knew my child's mother uh, around two months before she got pregnant. Wow. So it was very recent. It was one of those things where we met. We had good energy when we met for 19-year-olds, 18-year-olds, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, we were hanging out, you know, things happened, and that's what happened. You know, she became pregnant, and immediately my first instinct was, like, to be dead honest with you. I was like, well, you know, we don't know each other like that, so maybe we should, you know. Uh-huh. And then I thought about it even more as we started spending time together. And I was like, you know, I could. what am I doing? That's irresponsible. I would never do that. Yeah. I would never look to kind of rid myself of my responsibilities because of what I did. So step up, be a man, hmm. be accountable, no matter what the circumstances are, and be there. Yeah. And that's that's what happened. Kyle, how long were you with your child's mother before oh. you guys became pregnant? I would say a little over two years. Mm -hmm. And even then, you know, it was a very toxic relationship. And, you know, of course, I wasn't ready to be a dad. Mm -hmm. And looking back at it, you know, it was a lot of dysfunctionality. And one of the things that I did that was wrong was I kept trying to hold on to something that was already dead. Mm -hmm. You know, I kept beating a dead horse, hoping that she would change, hoping that she'd get better. And, you know, it was just one of those things to where, you know, it should have been just died down before now an innocent little one come into the picture. And, you know, that's pretty much from there up until now, that's where we're at. And if you was anything like me, I wanted to have a two parent household with my 
daughter. I wanted my daughter to be raised with mother and father in the house. That's how I was raised. Mm -hmm. So that was one of my incentives to keep working at it, mm -hmm. keep it going, mm -hmm. and to stay there. But unfortunately, like, unfortunately, like you said, once it becomes toxic and once it gets to a place where it's not going to work, you know, I didn't have the, uh, the skills or the tools to get out and still be there and be present. Mm -hmm. I just felt that if I wasn't there all the way, all the time, 100%, then I was failing as a dad. Preach, wow. preach, preach. That's, That's deep. Yeah. That was my situation, too. You hit it on the head. <laughs> so what... What has been the most challenging part of co-parenting? Not fathering, co-parenting. You want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> the most, well, on my end, the most challenging part for co-parenting is co-parenting with my child's mother who is still in a very unforgiving space and mm. in a very bitter space. Mm. So, of course, that energy... I catch hell from it, you know. What she do you could, mean by catch hell? I catch. I'm getting deep. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> for one, she could be very disrespectful to me, disrespectful at one point to my fiance, disrespectful to other family members. You know, just doing things to just annoy, you know, just to annoy every single one of us, and just to get some kind of attention. It's like she does things to try to seek some type of validation for her pain. But at mm. the end of the day, wow. it's all about the little one. And, you know, until she get to that space, it is, you know, this co-parenting thing is going to always be a hit and miss. Yeah. Mm. I, I think that the most difficult part about co-parenting for me is that it's, my child's mother wants to basically raise my daughter independent of me. Mm. And what I mean by that is be the sole decision maker, be the sole person who tells, you know, who basically lays out my daughter's life mm -hmm. outside of me. And that's not going to fly with right. me. So anytime when we have to be in a space where we have to work together, collaborate, you know, be on the same page, that's when all the drama starts. If I do any and everything that she wants me to do that works in her favor, then we won't have any issues. If I pick up my daughter from the place where she wants me to pick her up, we're good. If I bring her back on the day she wants me to bring her back, we're good. But if there's anything where we have to work together and compromise and be on the same page, that's when co-parenting gets tough. And that's, that's been the, uh, the story of my life. And that's what I did for so long because I felt like if I didn't do that, then I would basically jeopardize the time I spent with my daughter. So any and everything she wanted, I did to compromise to be with my daughter. But in the long run, I was hurting her and I was hurting me. So I had to break out of that vicious cycle of doing everything that she wants to do, even if it's not in my child's best interest. I had to basically put myself in a space to where is that? The co-parenting has to be there. And if not, then we got to let the judge decide what's up. Damn. I agree with you on that because I'm going through that right now. And it's funny you said that because even with my child's mother, it was always like that. Like it always had to be, you know, a convenience for her or work out in her favor. And I was at that point, too, at one time when I used to always try to curtail things to make her happy because I figured if I made her happy, that was, you know, more time with my child and... 
Mm-hmm. You know, everything was just smooth. But as soon as it came to like us collaborating and working together and making any type of like joint decision, Mm-mm. it's like all hell broke loose. Like it had to be her way or the highway. And, you oh. know, like you said, Dominic, you know, I can't let that fly, especially if we both made this child together. And that's a blessing that you actually picked that up a lot earlier than I did. I just picked it up maybe six months to a year ago. You wow. picked it up as your, as your daughter is young. Right. My daughter is a teenager now, and I'm just like, oh, you know what? I'm what? What? <laughs> so I'm, that's that's a good that's a good skill set that you picked up early, and I'm glad you picked it up because you'll save yourself a lot of trouble and a lot of suffering. Because one, if a person does not want to collaborate and they don't show any inkling that they're going to collaborate, just go to court, deal with it legally. Mm-hmm. Don't deal with it on a humility right. level. It will not work. Yeah, I had to learn that real quick, especially with my child's mother. She, you know, was pulling out all the stops. Like at one point, you know, it was to the point where I was like trying to move on and she would always do something. You know, of course, since we've mm-hmm. been together for three years, she'll pull on those harp strings mm-hmm. and, you know, will me back and I come back out. It was like a big tug of war what thing. What you mean will be back? Like, who said that? She was... <laughs> She would will me back as in like, we wouldn't be back together, but we would, you know, we would still like having like relations after the initial mm-hmm. breakup, things like that. And I figured, you know, I please her, I get to see my child. But in the end, you know, I was hurting myself. I was giving her mixed messages and, you know, it just wasn't a good look. And for me to move on, I had to just break that vicious cycle. Like I literally prayed on it day and night and you know, I had to wake up and say, like, you know, enough is enough. It's a new day, mm-hmm. yeah. as my fiance say all the time. Sure and... do. It's a new day. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because at, at the end of the day, um, you know, I had to take responsibility for what part I played in the dysfunction that me and my child's mother had. Because at, at the end of the day, it's when it it don't matter. I mean, we could point fingers all day, right. but when a child is suffering, mm-hmm. we both have to look in the mirror. Man. So I had to really look at myself and say, okay, Dominic, where are you failing as a dad? Mm-hmm. And not only in the relationship with your child's mother, but also with the relationship with your child. And that does mm-hmm. not mean being a people pleaser. That does not mean bending your will. That does not mean hoping for this fairy tale co-parenting relationship I had to get really real at the reasons why I was doing that Mm -hmm. and it came down to really lack didn't want to uh, confront wanted to please those were the two pillars of why I was doing what I was doing Mm -hmm. and I had to deal with that first before I can be man enough to stand up for myself and say you know what I'm not taking that because it's not because Mm -hmm. I don't want to take it it's not in the best interest of my child Mm -hmm. and that's the that's the biggest place that I'm happy that I got to because that's where that's where where is that now I can have a better relationship with my child that's interesting um I was going to ask what is the most rewarding part of co-parenting but it seems like there might not be a real co-parenting relationship can you you know get into that more wait hold on so to say there's not a co-parenting relationship doesn't make sense to me because there are two parents so there has to be some type of communication at some point right like if you're gonna pick up your daughter where are you gonna pick her up from like 
Well, is in that my, the extent of the co-parenting? Well, right. First, well, in my case, my, my daughter is older. So mm-hmm. my daughter's 13. I can speak to her directly. So it kind of, I guess, alleviates that stress, if mm-hmm. you will, yeah. with figuring out, you know, how the conversation dynamics are going to be between me and my child's mother. Nonetheless, there is a co-parenting relationship, even if it's a bad one. Right. There's mm-hmm. one. So, okay. I mean, we interact. We talk, but it's just not healthy and it's not productive. Mm. So when you guys talk, what do you talk about? Is it not about your daughter, like school and health stuff? And can do you guys even talk about that, or is that not even non? Is that non-existent? Well, yeah. Well, okay. Huh? We really see. Here's the thing: when you when you're parents, you need to have deliberate conversations about these things: education, religious choices, where the child will live you know, schools, all this type of stuff. Right. We never got to that point because every time we speak about one thing, it could be as simple as where are we meeting to pick her up and drop her off, there's a breakdown. Mm-hmm. So we can't even begin to build and discuss these uh, very important things because before you know it, there's a breakdown. And no matter what angle I go at it about, you know, I've always said, okay, well, let me let me be nice on this or let me go about it this way or the, whatever, no matter what, there's a breakdown. Mm-hmm. And when you try to reel it back in and you're trying to be in a position where you could kind of get the peace back going, since there's so much pain there, yeah, it, there's no going back. <laughs> Once the breakdown happens, you're better off talking tomorrow because <laughs> yeah. nothing is going to get accomplished today. Mm-hmm. And that's been the, the story of my relationship. There has been a co-parenting, breakdown, back to square one. Co-parenting, mm-hmm. breakdown, back to square one. So we haven't even gotten to that point that you're talking about. Kyle, I, I see you shaking your head. No, no, no. So Kyle, I see you shaking your head though. Like you're putting your head down, you're shaking your head. What are you thinking about in this moment? At this moment, it's at this moment. It's like when I hear Dominic talk, it's like the exact same thing that I'm going through, except my daughter is three. So, of course, yes, it's more yeah. communication that has to happen between, you mm-hmm. know, mom and I, because, you know, our little one is not quite talking yet. And, you know, she's three. So it's only so much she can do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the back and forth, it's like a tug of war. Like anytime mm-hmm. we have to come together to make like a joint decision regarding our daughter, you know, like when it comes to like pickups besides our house, things like that. It's always some type of breakdown. And back then, you know, when it was like real fresh, I used to always bend and always try to compromise. But, you know, now, especially since I've been, you know, putting my foot down and doing what's supposed to be done, Mm -hmm. you know, it's always like Dominus says that breakdown Mm -hmm. and, you know, nothing gets accomplished. And it's just like, you know, it's not even worth getting stressed and talking about it any longer because, it's and not going to go anywhere. And you feel defeated. <laughs> like, a part of you feels defeated. I used to feel defeated. Come on, but, language, bro. Uh, Come no, on. no. The reason why I'm saying that is because now I know what it's about. You know, for me, I used to be defeated because my I was like, man, I'm not around my daughter. I'm not seeing my daughter. What's going on with my daughter? And I'm, mm. But now I understood that that's this is only for a season because as long as I stay strong and making sure that I improve that relationship every day. Speaking of 
within myself first, mm -hmm. then let it uh, aim out to my child, this relationship with my child's mother is going to break down. It's not going to sustain. Kids don't stay young forever, mm -hmm. and nobody is a owner or a master of anyone. Mm -hmm. These kids will have their own say. They will have their own day. They have their own minds, their own spirits, their own souls. So wow. nobody's in control. <laughs> Eventually, they'll grow up, they'll get older, they'll look at the situation, and they'll be able to make decisions for themselves about how to go about it. The only thing I don't want to do in that case is to have my ch my, my daughter think that I'm this superhuman being, mm -hmm. and I want her to know that I'm a human being, and at, just like anybody else, me and your mother, we had breakdowns. We were human. We wasn't perfect, but she'll always know that I was there. And that's what I want. That leads us into our next question, which you pretty much yeah, just answered. You did. You fell <laughs> um, right into it. Um, what do you communicate? Yeah, what do you communicate to your your child about co-parenting? And I know, Kyle, baby girl's three. What do you think you will communicate to her when <sighs> she gets older? If anything. Or, yeah, I'm going to let you go. No, when she gets older... I want to communicate more so with her, not with words, but my presence. Mm -hmm. I want her to always know that daddy is at arm's reach and that, you know, he's not going anywhere. He's going to put himself on the line for you no matter what. And then even with her being three, even though she's not talking, she can feel things. Mm -hmm. And that's been, you know, one of the reasons why I've been, you know, fighting for her from the jump because... You know, she's going to grow up, like Dominic said. She's, you know, the kids don't stay little. Mm -hmm. And even with her not talking, she feels things. She sees things. She yeah. even sees, you know, a lot of the, you know, the drama between her mother and I. Mm -hmm. But in the end, I want her to grow up to just know that, you know, daddy been there on the front line, being, trying to be in your life as much as possible. And I just want her to take from that that, you know, perseverance is key. That you just got to stand strong in your truth and stand strong in your two feet. And that she's worth fighting and, for. Yes. Right. She's going to find a man like you when she goes out looking. Please understand. Yes. That women marry their fathers. Yes. Like Yala Van Zandt said it. Who they are, who they weren't, or who they we wanted them to be. Yeah. Some aspect of that. Yeah. Do you guys think that the mother of your children um, has tried to keep your children away from you? Yes. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it's it's very well, at least for me. I believe. I mean, to answer your question, yes, but I believe it's not. And this is this may sound strange. It's not because she doesn't want me to not have a relationship with my child. It's because I feel on a personal level she has unresolved pain. And that could be in her personal life and our relationship in the past or whatever. But when you have pain that is leading mm -hmm. you, you're going to be blinded all the time. You're not going to make sound decisions. Mm -hmm. You're not going to make decisions that are godly and that are in truth. You're going to make decisions to protect yourself, to be defensive, and to basically um, put yourself in a position where you don't have to confront. And every time... My child's mother, she keeps her away from, she, when she was keeping my daughter away from me, it was something that she wasn't willing to confront. Mm -hmm. And that's how I had to look at it. If I looked at it the other way, I probably would have kicked down her door 
and jumped in there and be like, you gonna give me my child, I don't give it, bring the police, lock me up, whatever you wanna do. It would've got to that point if it would've had to. I'm just, you know, just being honest, you're gonna keep me with my child. But at the end of the day, I knew it was something that she wasn't confronting and that was leading her to mm -hmm. keep her away from me. I can agree with that. Cause even with my child's mom, you know, even with the text messages, cause of course we are at the point now to where you know, we communicate strictly through text and through email. Like, it's no verbal conversations whatsoever, especially with the courts being involved. I can't even get that. <laughs> and it's crazy, Quirky but like Dominic said, the unresolved issues, in, even in text messages, you know, my child's mother won't admit it, but you could mm -hmm. tell that piece by piece that there's some unresolved issues. You can feel it. And you can <laughs> see it in the wording. I'm like... I didn't even ask you that. <laughs> right. I just asked this question and you brought up something else in reference to the fact that you weren't thinking about me. Like, what? how did we get here? And that's when you know that there's pain involved. Yeah. I kid you not. This happened recently, which Jessica knows all too well. Um, what you about to say? <laughs> <laughs> he off <-scripted. laughs> When it comes to transporting My you know, God. our little one, <laughs> you know, I've been using uh, Jessica's car to, you know, get back and forth to transport the little one. And it was one time in which I wanted, you know, my child's mother to come pick her up. Mind you, she lives 15 minutes And she away. lives 15 minutes away, Damn. drives all throughout Chicago, and Damn. she had a problem with picking up the little one. And Damn. I said, you know, my fiance don't want the car to move. I need you to come get her. This woman had the nerve to text me and say, it is your fiance's duty to my let God. you use her car as, as you please, in so many words and text message. So that right there showed me too, like it's definitely, you know, unresolved issues when it comes to our past. And some, you know, it's just it's some what is it? Some Mortons? <laughs> Salt. Right. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> well, knowing what you know now, um, what advice would you give your younger self about co parenting? Like if, you know, you could time travel. Talk to the younger yeah. Dom, the younger Dom. What would you say to yourself? To prepare for this moment in time. Right. Um, that's, a, that's a tough question. Um, because here's the thing. If I wasn't, if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be who I am now. So mm -hmm. it's kind of difficult to, to go back and say, what would you say to that person as if there's something that they need to change? Mm -hmm. But I don't believe God made mistakes. So everything that I'm going through, the fact that me and Kyle are sitting having this conversation is God driven and it's God sent because we are now at this point, not only healing each other, but there's going to be other people that's going to hear this and be healed and know that they're not alone uh -huh. and fatherhood and being a parent. Um, but if I could say anything, to my youngest self, <laughs> um, I would just say, take your time. Um, and this is even before, you know, I became a parent. I would just say, take your time. I was so much in a rush to, you know, to do what I wanted to do and be an adult and say I can do X, Y, and Z and mm -hmm. be a hot boy and not know that mm -hmm. at the end of the day, 
I wasn't really protecting my seed. Whoa. Whoa. Okay. And I got real bishop. Now, she sits down. No, no, no. And the reason why I'm saying this is because I love my daughter. I wouldn't change my daughter for anything in this world. But I can't sit up here and be and sit up here and say that the relationship that I've had with my child's mother up until this point hasn't been agonizing and hasn't been painful. I've just had to to learn to deal with it and grow through it. Um, but I would tell my younger self to take your time, take your time, see people, look at people, look at people's character, look at them. Don't just be in the moment. See this person and say and say to yourself, what is this going to look like five years from now, mm-hmm. 10 years from now? Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you a lot of a lot better decisions would have been made. Yeah, it's funny you said that. <laughs> I mean, it's hilarious because I say the same thing to myself each and every day when it comes to trying to co-parent with my child's mother, you know, because it's like you always want to see the good in people initially. You always want to see the good in people. You have to. You know. You have to. And it's like sometimes, you know, of course, everybody, we all have our flaws. We all have our problems, but... You know, like Dominic said, when it comes to just taking your time and really seeing someone for who they are, mm. that is a real big one because People show you who they are. <laughs> they really do. Talk about that. And between them showing them who you are, who they are, you know, you really have to pay attention. Like Dominic said, just really, you know, take that time to think like, how would this look in like two, three years? And you know, when it comes to other brothers like us too, you know, when, especially if you out here. You know, doing your thing, sleeping with multiple people. You have to really, you have to really think too. Like, you know, any potential person that you sleep with can become a mom. So when it Mm. comes to protecting that seed, that seed can really cost you. Mm. You know, with an innocent life. You know, not only in the mix, but money wise, especially going through the courts. Mm. Let's talk about that. What do you mean? (laughs) It's brutal. Mm. Uh, Between Child support, which everybody is pretty familiar with. Mm. Attorney fees, it's, mm. it's rough. It's really yeah, rough. And, My God. you know, when mm. it comes to, you know, like Dominic and I, like moving on, having, you know, being in other households now, you know, it's mm. like no matter what, it's always like that constant drag from, you know, like things that you did in the past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just can't help but think like, man, what if it's I would have did this different? It's... <laughs> You don't have a free and clear right. life. But here's the thing. You can if both adults were mature. Like mm-hmm. you, Because yeah. now we don't even talk about blended families in the black community like right. that. My God. Because I wish that there were more examples of healthy blended families because there right. is life after children and breakups. My God. Right. Come on here with this word on today, Deacon. Right, Kelly. No, there is. And and here's the thing. Like, I would love nothing more than for my child's mother to have a healthy, prosperous life with a man that loves her and that she loves. I would would be at the wedding. I would be in the front. (laughs) I would be clapping. I would be putting both of them under my arms, smiling and cheesing. Because this is... Because that is... That relationship, number one, my daughter benefits from that. Right. That's number mm-hmm. one. And number two, everybody deserves to be happy. God yeah. didn't put us here to yeah. be depressed right. and all these other things. Yeah. Like, we all mm-hmm. deserve happiness. Yeah. And 
got to get rid of that pain. Got to. Like that pain got to go. Wherever it's coming from, whatever is causing it, you know, it got to go, man. You know, with life being so short, too, you know, mm-hmm. being miserable for too long before you know it, like how many people. It's a way of life. You know, be on a deathbed. Like, wow. it's always, you know, research has shown, too, that, you know, when people are on their deathbeds, they more so think about what they didn't do. Yep. Wow. You know, regrets like that. And it's like, even with my child's mother, I just hope in some shape or form later on down the line, you know, that she can be happy. You know, I would hope for her that she, you know, is able to drop that pain and, you know, just really be happy with another man that initially would even treat my daughter, yeah. you know, in a sense like, you know, she's like his very own as well too. Yeah. But like you said, it is life after situations like this, but you know, that pain, it will hold you back. So you guys have both moved on clearly. What is your experience um, blending your families? Or trying to. All right, let's, all right I'm, I'm, I'm about to keep it real. Yeah. <laughs> you go first. First, first of all, the, 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 the most troubling thing that I would say is that my child's mother and my wife haven't officially even met before. How many years? That tells you right then and there how deep the pain goes. Yeah. And that's number one uh, for me. Number two, I, man, I got to give my wife a lot of credit for actually sticking around with me and dealing with me through this situation, through my dysfunction, through her dysfunction, because my child's mother, she has no interest and no, I guess, desire to meet my wife for whatever reason I have no idea but I know there's some pain involved so I have to give my wife a lot of credit for actually dealing with that and going through that because by her coming into the relation relation with me when I already had a child she didn't have any children she didn't have to deal with this she could have easily found a man with no kids and started from scratch so to actually take me on essentially as a project if you will <laughs> my god that's, I mean, that speaks volume on the love that I know she has for me, but um, and Mariah, yeah, and Mariah, I love her. But I know that the it's been it's been difficult. Number one, from that standpoint, and I can't even get to anything else because that's really like a strong block of dysfunction right there. <laughs> have they? Have you guys tried to facilitate a meeting or? I have around her daughter. I've had you married. <laughs> I, I've had in the past, but I, I don't think that she didn't want to meet uh, my uh, Nicolia for the fact of just that she had anything against her. I think it was simply because my child's mother always wanted to keep her life private. So she basically projected onto me what she wanted, privacy. Hmm. I don't want to know anything about your life because you damn sure ain't going to know anything about my life. Wow. Okay. So that projection just came out in that way. So I didn't take it personal and I didn't want uh, Nicolia to take it personal. But that's pretty much what I feel where it came from. That My child's mother, she just didn't want me involved in her life. So a lot of things that were going on in her personal life that my daughter would tell me about, you know, in terms of, you know, having another sibling or if they moved or getting anything married. like that or getting yeah, or even getting married. Wow. I would find out through my daughter and, and next thing you know, I'm 
leaving Chicago Heights to pick her up and then I'm going to Park Forest and then after Park Forest I'm going to Homewood and after Homewood wow. I'm going here and I'm like wait a minute so what's going on in your life that I have to go to all these different places so mm-hmm. it, it was more so about just keeping that non-transparent life prevalent mm-hmm. and that's why I feel like um, a lot of dysfunction kept going on in my my co-parenting situation. What about you, Kyle? Your blended family beginnings. We ain't there yet, but you know, we're getting there. Oof. It's definitely been dysfunctional as hell. (laughs) 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 That's a As hell. As hell. As hell. (laughs) Why are you yelling from the bleachers? (laughs) I have to give my fiance a lot of credit because it's you know, with Dominic's situation about his, you know, child's mother not wanting to have any parts with Nicole of mine's has been a total opposite. Sure has. Like, my <laughs> child's mother has crossed paths with Jessica a few times and has been extremely disrespectful, you know, and I, where we lay our heads and just that aspect alone just had me on pins and needles and just, you know, I trust her as far as I see her. Damn. <laughs> Because you know her best, I'm sure. And it's just sad because, you know, when she initially came up with her idea of co-parenting, she would want to, you know, pretty much run in and out of her, in and out of our place as she please, you know, and try and dictate how we do things with, you know, our little girl at my place where we lay our heads. And, you know, that's just not going to happen. And also, I know with, you know, my child's mother's past, she... She definitely wouldn't mind sharing. And gotcha. that's a boundary I had to pretty much enforce right then and there to just the stop devil that. Is a liar. <laughs> the devil is a liar. But I really have to give credit to my fiance because she has seen some dysfunctional stuff come from this. And just, you know, the interaction that they have had firsthand has definitely been off the wall crazy. Who do you guys vent to? Who's your Who's your support? Like who Who do you Come talk on with to? These questions. Like, Come on, this is actually off the script. It really I'm is. Really wondering over the last thirteen years, like who is it? Your family, your friends, your wife, like God, like who do you talk to? Uh, God number one. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of times I have I, and my wife a lot as well, um, but unfortunately. I haven't had a strong male support system, like in a sense where I know a couple of guys who are kind of going through similar situations, but this is kind of one of the biggest, bigger dysfunctions in me and I feel is that we just don't talk enough. Mm -hmm. And like I said, even Kyle going through what he's going through and what I'm going through, what I'm going through. Like I almost now as I'm speaking, I'm like, man, we should have had this conversation about five (laughs) months ago. You know, because it just gives a different perspective and it helps you learn how to uh, navigate uh, these dysfunctional terrains, you know. Yeah. But um, I'm I'm definitely learning to get better at that and just kind of being more vulnerable in the sense of opening myself up to like minded people or people who just who got your best interests at heart, who can help you, you know, emotionally navigate through this because it's difficult. It really is. Um, it's not easy. It's not a piece of cake at all. So you need that outlet. You need that space. And man, hopefully, even like how we talking, hopefully we can keep this going, you know, to help other people too. 
I agree because Who still you being talk to honey bunny. <laughs> well, I talk to God first mm -hmm. and foremost, my fiance. I talk to, you know, my mother. You know, even though she was on the other end of a bad divorce, you know, yeah, she still she still gave me a lot of insight and helped me to keep going. And I have a few, you know, associates like coworkers, of course, you know, being with the transit authority. That's all you see in the child support mm -hmm. line. Us and the police officers, yes, they're couple, fathers. Yeah, a couple friends here and there. <laughs> but yeah, really a couple friends that's going through this similar things, yeah. but at the same time, they're in the same spot as us trying to figure it mm -hmm. out or trying mm -hmm. to see what works. And yeah. it's like talking with them, you know, sometimes it helps, but we, yeah. you know, I can honestly say I don't know anybody that has been on the other end of where you know it's been like that nice blended family like that ideal model that you know yeah. society don't portray steve harvey blended jada pinkett smith I, blended will smith they mm. yeah uh alicia keys yeah as a matter of fact they're coming out with a book mm. at the end of this year mashonda alicia keys and swiss beats amazing on their blended family story amazing mm. yeah so we have one more question just one more. That's the We're going to be done. <laughs> grilling you guys. What, <laughs> what advice would you give to other fathers with similar stories? Please. Don't do it. I'm going to just... Okay. <laughs> okay. He's been so stressed. He has been. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would say... Okay, th this is the first thing I would say. Don't... You have to leave that utopic relationship, co-parenting relationship you want out of it. Because if you keep that going back and forth in your mind, you'll keep pushing along the dysfunction with your co-parenting relationship. If you're trying to work with her and she's trying to work with you, or hopefully she's trying to work with you, is great. But if she's not, you got to go to court. Mm -hmm. I know it sounds... I know it sounds like all cliche or whatnot, but you have to because the minute you don't and the minute you keep pushing it along, your child is suffering. So if you're in a co-parenting relationship that's not working, you guys can't seem to get on the same page. Nobody is meeting each other halfway. Just go to court and hopefully that that court mediation could help you out. I'm not a big fan of the courts. I really wish that parents would learn how to just be respectful for one another and learn how to work together. But at the same time, the courts can save you, you know, <laughs> because if you, if you're dealing with, if you're with a situation where a person is just not going to work with you, you have to have some type of legal, some legal protection. Yeah. And you, you can't leave it up to emotions and the other person, how they feel to raise your child. You have to get your child stabilized and work from that perspective. So if you're in a situation where the co-parenting relationship ain't working... It's funny that you say that because I've heard from a few men that they do not want to go to court because they don't want to pay child support. Now, I think that's a different um, sector of fathers and not the fathers that we are addressing yeah. at this moment. Um, oh, man. Which I think is sad as hell, All but, right. you know... Yeah, maybe a follow-up conversation will be had in future seasons about that, but... Kyle, well, what yeah. advice... Would you give to fathers like yeah. yourself? Like Dominic said, if all else fails, just get you know some type of legal officiation of all. Is that what you did? Yes, I did. 
<laughs> I had to. It was no other way. And even now with the courts involved, it's still, you know, it's still playing out. Like, it's still levels to it. But yeah. mm-hmm. I will say to any other fathers out there going through similar situations like us, you know, just don't waste no time. I mean, yes, it could be costly. Yes, you know, child support is not a joke. But at the end of the day, you got to put your kid first. You got to put your kid first and you have to realize that, you know, you know, your kid is suffering. And a lot a lot of times, too, with the way that, you know, a lot of the moms play around, you know, you won't have a relationship with your kid, you know, if they have it their way. And, you know, a lot of them, too, you know, try to make it seem like you have to, like, kiss up to them or just do what they say in order for you to just have, you know, a God given Right. You know, right yeah. with your kid, and that's not right. So, and they I, didn't ask to be You have right rights. Right. You're Come a father. On. You have rights. That is very true. <laughs> yeah, and I would also say just stand strong through the process because, like all of us, in some shape or form, you're gonna win some, you're gonna lose some for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all I can say is just you know keep your heels deep, stand in your truth, and just know that you know you're doing the right thing for your kid because in the long run. You know, they're not going to be little and forever. And then when they really get to understand the situation, mm-hmm. like how I see it, you know, I want my little one to see the situation and be able to thank me for being there for her and not running out on her. Yep. And that's what it's all about when it comes to my fight. And that's why you got to keep forgiveness in your heart, too, because at the end of the day, your child's mother or, you know, could come to a place where she wants to have that healthy, blended situation. And you can't allow yourself to get bitter as a result to when now that right. situation is ready to take root that you're not ready for it. And then you're like, no, nah, you did me in. I'm going to do you in. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't help out as well. Mm-hmm. You got to keep that That's good. fresh that soil good. open because your child is going to be looking at you. My yeah. daughter is looking at Both me. Your daughter is looking at <laughs> you. And you don't want to yeah. leave the relationship the emotional aspect of the relationship up for debate where she's like, no, you messed up. You messed up. I don't trust you. I don't trust you. Even if it doesn't, even if the relationship is dysfunctional all the way into their 18, 19, 20 and beyond, you want them to say that you tried, you gave your best. I get it. I understand. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Right. That's what, that's the only thing you can hope for, you know? And I will say, too, sometimes, especially when it comes to going back and forth with, you know, our child's mothers, not everything has to be a fight, even if they make it one. Yeah. Come on. You know, it's it's a lot of times, too, the world. Deacon Harry. (laughs) My child's mother, you know, she would do things to purposely try to get a reaction out of me. And it's like, and it's sad because besides, you know, the child's mothers and even the court system to a certain extent, they're looking for us fathers to lash out. They're looking for us to, you know, to screw mm-hmm. up, to make that mm-hmm. one mistake that can mess mm-hmm. with visitation, yeah, our that. rights, anything. So I will say, you know, from experience, don't make everything a fight. And sometimes the best way to fight is to just leave it alone. That's so good. You know, yeah. just to, you know, when they throw a dart at you, you don't have to throw one back. Just leave it alone. You know, come back to it another day. You know, when it comes to like just seeing your kid, but at this, you know, just really wow. just don't make everything a battle, especially because, you know, kids, that's a lifetime bond. It is. And you don't want to run out of gas too early. Oh, my yeah. God. Good. Yes. My God. 
I think we could end there. This was amazing. This was amazing. And I, when we started this podcast, I was the only one in a 10 year trying to blend family kind of, kind of thing. Yeah. And to see you and, and to see you all come together, you and Jessica and Kyle, like it's just been amazing. Like God is like blowing my mind how this story has come full circle and there's more in store, you know what I mean? Thank you so much Thank for being so vulnerable. So like much. you didn't have to do this, both of you, Dominic, Kyle. Like this is a very sensitive and still is sensitive. And ongoing. Yeah, and very much in progress. <laughs> so for you all to be so vulnerable and yeah. open and honest, I guarantee you for our listeners. Listen. I guarantee this is you somebody's amazing. gonna listen to this and be like, so, "Oh my god, we honor you!" Like, really, real top. Like, it, we're in this with you. It, it's not always pretty, you know. We're not always so happy about being something. in the fight. My God, but we're here, Debbie. Like, silly. I was God. I'm here. <laughs> I was just telling Kyle the other day that I feel like sometimes I don't have enough compassion for yeah. the situation because. This is all new. You're new to being yeah. a father. I'm yeah. new to dating, marrying somebody yeah. with a child. So yeah. practicing compassion in a, a situation that is so unfamiliar. Yeah. And actually, it's harder when, you know, they're not your kids. So there's no emotional yeah. family-like connection yeah. like that. So I love You're you. building that. Seriously. You're building that together. So for that, we honor you, Dominic. We honor you, Kyle. We honor all of the black fathers that don't get acknowledged, yeah. that don't get honored. That um, show with, up. with the Facebook post on Mother's Day, it's overwhelming yeah. response to Mother's Day. So yeah. hopefully this Father's Day, you know, mm-hmm. we can kind of go in, the, the uncles, the brothers, yes, the, the cousins. cousins, everybody, yeah. you know, high school friends that you know that, you know, a guy that's, Raising and and like they said, everything is not perfect. Mothers aren't perfect. Mothers get to, to make mistakes over and over again, but they're still honored. Like right. let's give our black men the, the humanity, right, and the compassion, and, and something that compassion. I'm still learning to practice. Still, um, really, to honor them. It's an ongoing. My God, it's an ongoing practice. Ooh. Compassion is a practice. <laughs> you know, it comes easier for some than others. Right, and right, right. Yeah, so we honor you and we honor all of the fathers. Become she honors the fathers. And on that note, this is Nicole and Jess signing out. Become she, become free.